Hello, and welcome to Improbable Things. I'm Jay Grace Pennington, and this is my podcast where I share six improbable thoughts before breakfast, which means six thoughts about reading, writing, or storytelling in some form or fashion. So I am ready to get started this morning, and never know when the baby is going to need me, so I better get going and get started on my six things for today. So I was all ready to do this on Thursday last week, had all my six things ready and my alarm set to get up a little extra early in the morning, but um, my baby ended up getting catching a little cold and just really needed me, you know, the whole morning needed to sleep with me instead of in her own bed and so all these things. And so it... You know, that's how it goes when you have kids, you never know. <laughs> and obviously that had to take precedence. So um, I was able to put her down for a little bit this morning. So I thought I would grab a few minutes and just get this recorded because I really do want to update y'all on some of the things that are going on. So anyway, um, to get started officially, number one, um, intoxication is now almost completely finished. I just have to um, I have to write the prologue and epilogue for this one. And then I also have to just finish up the back matter. Um, I've completely finished going over all the edits just a couple days ago. Um, I wrote the front matter. I wrote my special thanks. Um, I got my dedication in there. Uh, and then I realized there was one thing I was going to have to do some extra work on, which is my number two thing that I'm going to share. So, uh, moving on to number two, one thing I forgot about is that in these new editions for the Firmament series, I've been putting a scene for the next book at the end. And so normally I have already written at least a draft of the next book. Um, but in this case I had not written it. And so I started scrambling to write up <laughs> a synopsis in the first chapter for the next book, which actually has been really fun because it's one that I'm super excited about, really been looking forward to for years, honestly. And I feel like um, I'm probably about halfway through this first chapter, going to really try to get it finished up today. And it really is going smoothly so far. Um, and one thing that I did already do is um, originally, well, this, this one has actually changed titles a few times already. Um, and... Uh, then recently until the last few days, it was going to be called Covenant. But then first I realized that when you put Firmament and Covenant together, it's just kind of weird since they both end in the end. <laughs> and I didn't like the way that sounded. So I started hunting for a new title. And then I realized that actually it, I really had, my theme had kind of evolved as I you know, worked on coming up with the book. And so I really needed to change the title anyway to stick with what the theme is. So the title now is Progenitor. And I really like the title. Um, and I will try maybe in the next week or two to share the synopsis with y'all. Um, and then the first chapter is going to be at the end of Intoxication. So that's coming soon. So number three, I think I may have shared a little bit earlier this year how I had taken... A little course on doing Amazon ads and was trying to work on that. So I've tried a few times and I just have not been able to make any headway with those. Um, and so actually I tried because I found when I 
went over all of my like lifetime sales that never is actually my best-selling book, I thought I'll do some ads for that and that will be like, you know, that'll work, right? And so I did um, set up some ads, you know, researched keywords. That wasn't working. I wasn't getting any, you know, <laughs> I wasn't getting any traction on that. So I, I put in a subtitle on the book. I changed the price. I changed the description. I did all the things that I was taught to do nothing. I never sold a single copy. Um, and granted I didn't spend much on the ads either. I never spent more than a couple dollars cause I wasn't even getting that many clicks, but that was disappointing. Um, so then last I've been planning already that last month I was going to do some ads for October because obviously month of October and that book's really close to my heart and I really would like to get it, you know, some more reads. And so set up some ads for that, all the same things. Um, you know, keywords, all the things that I learned. And I will say I got the, probably the best click ratio that I've gotten so far, um, by which I mean, I have probably about 7,000 impressions to 10 clicks, <laughs> which is more than one in a thousand. So that's more than I've had before, but also no, um, no sales on that either. So that was very sad. And then I thought, this month, I'm, I've just thought, I'm just going to give it one more try. I'm going to, you know, try my Thanksgiving book. And this time, I'm also going to just set the price, like, super low. Just set it to, nine, to 99 cents and just see if that helps at all. And so, I it is nice that at least, you know, like I said, I've only spent, like, a few dollars a month on this. Um, and I spent a whole lot the first time I did it and I did get tons of clicks and tons of downloads on that because I did it for the first ferment book and that is free. And so I spent a lot on that one and I did get tons of people downloading it, but I didn't make any money off of it. <laughs> At least not directly. I have seen a lot more sales throughout the year on the ferment series than I've seen in the past. So it's possible it did still have a good impact, but Anyway, I'm just experimenting. I need to see if I can figure out what it is I'm missing. So anyway, that's not really much of an update, except just I, that's just, just part of writing that I don't feel I'm personally good at and that I don't enjoy, but it's just part of the job if you're going to do self-publishing. So I'm going to keep working on it. And number four, I know I've talked a little bit about teaching my kids to read. And one thing that's been so funny to see is just how different each individual kid is like my oldest who's five is you know we're, we're officially working on reading in our homeschool and she's doing really well with it and really catching on but what's interesting i haven't done any of that with my three-year-old and yet she has lately really been just like catching on like she'll tell me like the other day she was like mommy and i said yes and she goes um and I said, okay, what is it? And she just kept saying, um, over and over. And I was like, yes, tell me, what is it? And she finally said, you need a, mm, you and M for, um, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. I told her that's exactly right. And so she just, and she also, um, learned all her letter sounds without me ever sitting down and teaching her when she was just one year old. So 
it's she, but she also does not like to like sit down and do schoolwork, which I haven't really done with her. But even when I've tried to do a few worksheets, you know, like toddler preschool stuff with her, she has no interest. So that's going to be interesting. And then, um, also funny, then my, my, my two, two, almost two and a half year old still hardly knows any letters at all. And, uh, well, the others have learned them just on their own a lot before her. I'll like sometimes do some little flashcards with her and she knows like maybe four letters and then I'll hold up a letter and well, what is this? And she's like a three and she just, <laughs> she just doesn't, doesn't get it. And it's so funny cause they're all so smart and yet have just like such different strengths. And, um, it's just really funny to watch and being, you know, in homeschool and going to be their teacher for all of them. It's going to be interesting to adapt you know, and just hope and pray for wisdom to, to figure out how to work with each of their strengths and weaknesses and all of that. But it is really fun watching them learn and develop. And number five on my currently reading, um, I just yesterday finished the book, A Million Little Ways by Emily P. Freeman. Um, the subtitle I believe is Uncovering the Art You Were Made to Live or something like that. And it, I've read it before, but it was a long time ago. Um, and it was a good one to revisit. She kind of just goes into not art necessarily in the sense that we think of it, but, but just like living in an artistic way, like, and just the fact that being who God made you to be in itself is always going to produce, you know, like sort of artistic living. It was very interesting. It's, it was very encouraging in parts. Um, and one of the really interesting thoughts that she had near the end of the book, which has really stuck with me over the past few days, was the idea that your work itself, whether that's, if that is sort of traditional art, like a book or a song or a picture, or if it is, you know, your work as a parent or as a bank teller or any kind of, you know, any, whatever kind of art you consider that you produce, that that is actually a suit, not, not the actual art. That is actually a souvenir of the true art, which is the work that God does in you. And that your work is a souvenir flowing out of that art that God works in us. And I just thought that was such a interesting way of looking at it. And I, I really, I just liked a lot of the sort of thought provoking things like that in the book. Um, and I'm glad that I read it that I reread it because I barely remembered any of that. <laughs> it was almost a decade ago that I read it. So um, anyway, it was good. I definitely recommend it. Um, you know, there's a few things I don't love in it, but what, you know, that's true about almost any book. Um, but really some good thoughts. And I really love that idea that whatever I do, whether it is my writing or my parenting or how I keep house or how I treat others, that all of that is actually flowing out of the art that actually God is actually working in my soul. On number six, we watched, uh, my husband and I watched the new movie, A Haunting in Venice a few days ago. So it's based on the Agatha Christie book, Halloween Party. Um, and I actually read that book just a few weeks ago. I've actually read almost all of the <laughs> the Agatha Christie Hercule Poirot books this year. And so I was very curious because in the book, there's no haunting and it's not in Venice. And then as we watched the movie, sure enough, the movie has almost nothing to do with the book. The plot is completely different. Murder victim is different. The murderer 
it's just different motivation. Like everything's completely different. They, they, there are a few names that are the same, but they're given to like completely different characters. <laughs> so it was very baffling. Um, but I will say, I think that this was one of the rare cases. I didn't love the movie, but it was better than the book. It was definitely one of Agatha Christie's weaker books and was sort of predictable and not that interesting and and the motivations didn't make a lot of sense like normally she's so brilliant with those things and in this book it just wasn't great and in the movie I still didn't love it but it was definitely a lot better and it was actually surprising and you know mysterious and all of that and I know I've talked about this before. In fact, I think it might have been my very first podcast episode where I talked about how the Maze Runner movies are so, 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 so much better than the Maze Runner books. But I want, it just makes me wonder if some of that is the effect of having more people involved with the movie. I mean, obviously, no, normally the, the movies are notorious for not being as good. And I think that's because certain stories just are not meant to be in a movie medium certain stories are just meant to be on the page but in the cases where it's better it kind of makes me wonder because sometimes it is like someone who's a bestseller and I think they can probably you know get away with being published with some work that is not the greatest um because people feel like you know oh this is the sequel to a Maze Runner book or this is Agatha Christie obviously it's a bestseller let's not mess with it too much let's just get it out there and it hasn't gone through some of the rigorous like editing and some of the feedback from others that really would have fixed some of the problems with the plot and just with the book in general. Obviously, I have no idea if that's what's really happening. But it does just get me thinking and it does make me want to be sure that I have the humility to listen to, to put my work before other people before I put it out there to know that I have blind spots, that there are going to be things that make sense to me that don't actually make sense <laughs> to readers, and that my work is going to be better if I just let someone else have a look and give me feedback, and if I accept that humbly and I just allow other people to speak into my writing. And um, so again, who knows if that's actually the reason that The Haunting in Venice movie was better than The Halloween Party book, but it just got me thinking on that, and it's something I always try to be aware of in my writing. all for listening. I'm glad I was able to snatch a few minutes this morning to just sit and catch up with all of you. And um, I've got to rush off now and get my morning started, especially right after daylight savings. The morning schedule is always a little, uh, a little messed up, but, <laughs> but that's all right. That's life. Um, I am going to try to finish up intoxication today and send it off to my formatter. So that's going to be coming very soon. And um, we'll see when I get a chance to update you all. Um, hopefully it'll be um, definitely, hopefully next week, if not again this week. But anyway, in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. I hope that everyone has a great day today and stay improbable. Bye.